Thank you for joining IAB There. And now your host, Joe Pilla. Over to you, Joe. Today is July 24th, 2020. My name is Joe Pilla. I'm the director of the Programmatic and Data Center at IAB. I'll be your host for today's episode of IAB There. Welcome to IAB's live stream talk show, where we connect the digital advertising ecosystem. Today's episode is a discussion about artificial intelligence and the changing dynamics in this space with our special guest, Dave Olesnovich, head of product at IBM Watson Advertising. IAB's programmatic and data center supports a series of core priorities, two of which, programmatic growth and data governance and literacy, both relate perfectly to artificial intelligence and its impact on the ecosystem. With programmatic growth, our center looks to advance automated buying and evolving identity policy and technology landscape. While in data governance and literacy, we investigate the expanding role of data and accountability across media industry organizations, while always focusing on data-driven insights. All this to say, I'm very excited to share the screen with IBM Watson advertising as the gold standard in this space. Now I'd like to welcome Dave Olesnovich as he is the head of product at IBM Watson. Hey Dave, how are you? Hey Joe, doing great today. Thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to the session this afternoon. Well, my first question is, how did I do pronouncing your last name? You nailed it. Perfect. Excellent. That's always a good start. So Dave, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about what your role is at IBM? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the head of product at IBM Watson Advertising, and I oversee the strategy and execution uh, for an ecosystem of AI-powered ad tech and, and data products. So you know that that's uh, keeps me pretty busy um, during most days. But it, it, to roll it up a little bit, um, companies are very various stages of their digital business transformation and journey to the cloud, and we're trying to drive adoption of AI. And adoption of AI is part of that journey. Um, you know, we see about half of companies have tried an AI application, um, but really less than 10% have deployed them at the enterprise level. So there's really a tremendous growth opportunity for us here in the advertising industry uh, to bring forward some more AI. Um, and partnering with the AI, uh, IAB and your membership, um, the collaborate and experiment, uh, bring forward new innovation with AI is very exciting for, for me and I know for the rest of the team at uh, IBM Watson Advertising as well. So we really think we can solve real problems of uh, the digital industry faces, you know, trust, transparency, compliance, We've got fundamental shifts in data use and management that are happening right now. Um, there's a tremendous opportunity to educate uh, around AI and facilitate AI application. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and you know, I have to say this year, we actually kicked off 2020 by releasing a paper we called AI in Marketing. And that was really about education, terms, glossary, as well as some best case, use case um, scenarios. And I'd like to showcase how brands are implementing different, you know, different um, topics and different subjects. So I was hoping to kind of just kick this conversation off to level set. If you could talk a little bit about what the differences are between artificial intelligence and machine learning. And if you'd like to correct me to say augmented intelligence, this is your chance because AI is AI in my book, but I know it means a little bit something different to you. Yeah, I did read the, the paper that you guys wrote and I'm excited to continue that conversation with you guys today. Um, at IBM, we define AI as a technology that can understand, reason, and learn from massive and diverse data inputs. 
And if you think about AI as the category of overall application, there are lots of different types of, of AI. ML or machine learning is one type of AI. And additionally, uh, deep learning neural networks is another type of machine learning, which is type of AI. Mm -hmm. um, you've also got uh, natural language processing, NLP. Um, and other types of NLP are natural language understanding and sentiment analysis. So um, there's a, AI is a broad category and we're using all of it, but ultimately it all rolls up to augmenting human experience. Uh, it's the combination of people and machines that are really gonna drive the innovation. So you're, you're right, actually, I'm, I'm gonna refer to AI as augmented intelligence. And I'm just gonna say AI, because the last thing I wanna do is annoy yeah. my first guest. Um, so, you know, it's when we good. talk about, yeah, when we talk about um, AI in general, sometimes I use kind of a classic standard example of a financial institution is using various algorithmic decision-making to determine whether or not a customer should be approved or denied for a mortgage, for a car loan, or any kind of financial product. But I feel like that is a little outdated and a little simplistic. So I was hoping that maybe we could talk a little bit about you know, how AI is effectively used in business practices. In particular, you know, are there areas or verticals that are effectively using AI in their business practices that you just want to touch on for a minute? Yeah, I love seeing tech used for good. Um, it, it's great to, right. to see how we can drive, drive the betterment of society. And uh, at IBM Watson, we created a chatbot that helps Weather Channel app users um, and site visitors navigate the ever-changing landscape of COVID-19. Um, so that uh, was a great use case. Uh, Wonderman, the WPP agency, also built a dashboard with Watson to uh, um, help uh, mitigate uh, readiness and recovery. So just great applications. But uh, I, I'm passionate about the consumer experience. I love the, the application of AI to improve um, the one-on-one -on -one with, with a person, whether it's in an ad or on a website, um, in, a, in a, a physical experience. I'm personally addicted to voice assistants. I'm not going to mention any by name, so I don't set off a whole chain reaction of things in, in my home. Um, but they're just fantastic for information gathering and routines and shopping. Um, AI is really the backbone for the next generation of di digital marketing. And, you know, it's funny when you bring up voice, I can tell you since we've been working from home how many times I've had to record something because you know, either five people are talking at once or my brain just can't compute. And I like the fact that you brought up, you know, COVID-19, because normally we'd have a conversation like this on East 27th Street, since we're both in New York, at the Ad Lab face-to-face -face with 100 people. And we've had to adapt so much over the last several months. And someone said to me the other day that we're at almost six months into this sheltering at home, working from home, you know, as non-essential workers, we're here, but can you only imagine sometimes what the essential workers are going through. And when we talked a little bit this week, one of the things that struck me was the changes in the data that you'll have available to work on these AI initiatives and applications because there is a shift in geolocation data. I'm not going to work every day. I'm not going out and about. And then if you think about being at home and the devices you're using, I'm much more likely to use my desktop than I do my mobile during the week because of the environment, of the tasks that I'm conducting, as well as um, when you think about your media consumption. There's so much more video being utilized. I'm looking, you know, what can I stream tomorrow, which would be, what can I stream next week? 
So how are these shifts in consumer behavior, you touched on e-commerce as well, how are they impacting your work with AI and some of the projects that you've had? Because the net net is, I would think you have a different amount of data or than you would have had before the share of the data has changed. And that must take some time to adapt to. Yeah, our lives have definitely changed this year. I think of all the changes behavior in my own home uh, and the new data that's being produced. And so that's a interesting uh, way of looking at things uh, just as my personal life and work life are you know, constantly connected now. Uh, we have every streaming service, seriously. They're making so much money off of us. Um, the subscription economy is in Disney full Plus. effect. You had to get Disney Plus and Hamilton. Like that was just, oh, yeah. as an American, it's mandatory. Yeah, multiple. I've watched it multiple times uh, since it, it came out. It's fantastic. Um, but in addition to, to what, you know Disney Plus and all the other streaming services, we've we've complemented that with the the, the subscription economy. We're getting meal kits delivered, household essentials. We got half a dozen health and wellness apps. Um, yeah, you know, I can think about how many more DIY projects I've done this year than than last year. Um, and the, the retail landscape has forever changed. And we, we have e-commerce for anything from anywhere. And, you know, curbside pickup is, is the new norm. I'm actually amazed by the innovations in e-commerce by small business. And I think it's great stuff. Um, but the data signals are out there. And AI can help to understand the value that this new data is being produced and inspire new applications. And I, so, you know, for us, that's, that's something that we're paying very close attention to. Um, as as data signals are, are changing, and you know we have uh, regulations that are that are coming forward, whether that be at, from a governing body or um, you know at the device level, you know we're 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 adapting to the new data environment. And you know, thinking about um, projects related to AI, we talk in our paper. We talk a lot about the data that goes in is so crucial to the decisions that come out. And I would love to learn a little bit more about how data hygiene plays a role in AI. And maybe what are some of the common sources and inputs you know, are key to success, whether it's an AI initiative or a ML initiative you know, to apply? How do you apply the data signals? Yeah, we're able to, to grab data signals in structured and unstructured formats, but we agree we want to, want to clean up that data and make it usable to improve the, the time to value. Um, and, and, it, it's, and for the different industries, it's, it's what's important for that industry. What's important for auto is different than streaming and, and e-commerce. But if you think about behaviors and actions, the context of the environment that person is in when they're, they're making that action, which is the day, time, place, weather condition. Um, what, what's the info that we can collect that's going to help predict an outcome? Um, that, that's what we're really trying to, to, to do when we're capturing data and, and making it usable. And one thing I just was thinking about going back to COVID for a second, given all the shifts in behavior, how has that kind of forced you to change what you're doing now? Because we think about six months ago when you were planning projects for 2020 and into 2021, there must have been a different consideration of what data you would use, what processes you would use. But since we've had all these shift, has that, shifts, has that, held, has that been a challenge? Has that been something that's been, um, you know, how have you pivoted to the new data signals? 
Yeah. I mean, we, we, we knew what we were, we, we had a constant flow. We, we kind of knew what we were getting all the time. And so with things changing and changing rapidly, we're able to, to pivot and AI is able to find that the value that's in the data that um, we're bringing forward. And you know, we're, we're looking for new data partners. We're looking to find new signals ourselves and we're looking to embed those new data signals into our, our ad tech products and our data products that help improve ad decisioning, um, the types of creative that, that's delivered to, to people, um, when the creative is delivered. Um, so uh, we're just grabbing all that new data, finding all the, the, the nuggets of, of value in there, bringing them forward and using them for uh, improved decisioning. One of the things I think when we've talked about AI in the past and the different data that is utilized most is the idea of looking towards intentional and unintentional bias that can be part of the equation in the master you know, project for artificial intelligence or augmented, augmented intelligence or machine learning. And I was wondering, thinking about you know, new forms of data and data that you use even all the time, how do you discover bias and how do you address it? Because that's been one of the things that we talked a lot about in our initial project that I think we need to do a little bit more work on as well. I, I agree, Joe. Um, uh, AI allows for automation. AI is not a one and done button like my Instapot, you know. And so when we we design uh, <laughs> and develop AI without intentional biases, <laughs> but we got to continue to review uh, to avoid unintentional biases. So um, analysis of that brings to, to light both the intentional and unintentional. And when it becomes apparent that there's bias, the team's got to investigate that, understand how it originated, and how we can mitigate that. Um, and so in, in practice, uh, diverse teams help represent a wider variation of experiences and we get to minimize some of those initial biases. Um, you know, as part of the design of it, you always wanted to design a feedback mechanism as well to, to provide the open dialogue with users to raise awareness of user identified biases. So an example of that would be if you're having a, a, a chatbot conversation with a service provider, um, you ask a question, it delivers a result, it asks you the value of that result. Was this the right result for you? What, you know, so it's just that constant feedback mechanism that helps improve um, the AI and helps us surface biases and, and move them out of the, the process. So I, I really, th I do think this is an area where we can design some standards and mm -hmm. um, best practices so, so that going forward, um, everybody's on the same page as to, to how, how to move forward with our industry. And, you know, when you bring up standards, one of the first things I always think about is so often as technology emerges and evolves, it always gets referred to as the wild, wild west. And I feel like, you know, with your expertise, where do you see, you know, AI in the marketplace now in terms of being wild, wild west? Clearly, I think there's a lot of ways we want to showcase the right ways to utilize this practice. But is it as you know, crazy as a wild, wild west, or is it just kind of, you know, it's under control, but it needs attention? Yeah, it's, it's definitely under control. We, we, um, we have, uh, we're in early stages uh, of AI application. So um, by no, no means have we figured everything out. But as far as like the, the wild, wild west goes, there's not going to be um, any rogue robots coming in and taking over the, the world. Um, anytime soon. 
Um, we we, we um, have really great um, use cases that we've laid the foundation for us to be successful. And I think we're, we're building upon those every day, whether that be in using ML or natural language or um, whatever the, the um, use case calls for. Um, we have some, some good baseline now and, and we're going to continue to build out. Um, and because um, one of the things that we often think about, um, I think is a general perspective as a consumer thinks about is um, what you said there, like the robots are coming. You think about transformers, you think about the minority report scenario. And it's great to see that AI is being used to guide um, companies much more um, effectively. And I think one of the things that we've seen recently are so many websites just, you know, if you like this, here's another, here's another product that you might be interested in. So commerce is one of the things that, e-commerce is one of the ways that people are experiencing AI and I don't think they realize it. Any other ways come to mind that, you know, AI is in daily lives that people wouldn't even consider? And that wasn't on our list of questions. I just thought of it right. at the moment when you said robots are coming and my mind immediately went to Transformers. A movie I've not yeah. seen. Oh, um, there, there are so many applications of AI that I, I, I think um, you don't realize are in, in your your day to day. Whether it's a, you, you mentioned it's prevalent when you're you're shopping, it's going to recommend another product. But you know, it, is your your automobile um, dealership going to automate a a personalized message to you to go in and get service, or it's time to renew your lease? Um, you know, um, the chatbots that you have that they are vast and wide in the types of services that they can provide. And I think some bots are such the norm now. I think people kind of maybe overlook that there's AI behind uh, the bots and layers and layers of AI there too. So it, 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 there's, there's lots of places that we touch it every day. And, and I think at this point, the adoption of some of these technologies is, is in full effect. So it kind of slips past that there's AI behind there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just thinking about, you know, the consumer experience with AI, do you find that consumers are aware that they're, you know, the, the computer is actually helping them along? Or do you think at this point they, they just accept it and don't even consider it? Or do they not even like it at all? I mean, I think our uh, society is becoming so much more tech savvy um, and, and, you know, the younger generations are, are, are accustomed to having AI as part of the their day to day, so they they expect it to be there. It's it's driving a, improved experiences. Um, so, you know, I think it, it's a mix, certainly. Um, but I I think the obviously for us, we're, we 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 live and breathe it every day, so we're always looking out for it. But I do think that there's general awareness of, of AI being around and and it, it's it's value, and and we need to continue to build up. Um, great consumer experiences uh, and showcase AI so there can be trust with it and there can be continued adoption. And I think trust with consumers is just so prevalent now as we're looking towards, you know, what's going on with um, third-party cookies going away and, you know, audience identifiers, you know, the shift that's about to happen in the next year or two, that using AI to help support a more positive relationship and building trust is going to be a key component to how people feel about their experiences online as things are going to be changing because they're just going to be changing very rapidly, I think, in the next 18 to 24 months as we've been talking about 
at IAB across a whole wealth of projects. And one of the things and subjects we've talked about at length for the last 18 months is GDPR and CCPA. And thinking about all the different data components, whether the integration, the interoperability, all the different things that go into developing a project. How has um, how have these regulations impacted your business? And one thing I did want to point out too is we released a study yesterday, uh, our annual state of data report, where in there we quoted a statistic that said last year when we did this report, uh, I think around 52% of respondents indicated that they were feeling very anxious over um, the over CCPA and GDPR. It was something that was really you know, a high priority, and we inter- interpreted that as being very anxious. Now, in our new study released yesterday, it's the number is like 18%. And we're attributing that to say, you know, we've made it over this hurdle because we've hired the right chief um, compliance officers and we've moved on to the next kind of challenge of how do we move forward in the COVID-19 situation? How do we build revenue back? And that's kind of like the new um, challenge. But my question is really to data and regulation and how that's forced your, you know, your attention to change. Yeah, I, I mean, I always consider change as the, the, the norm. So we're kind of always aware that, that it's there and we're, we're embracing it. Uh, consumer choice and data privacy is extremely important for the future of our industry. Um, it, it's paramount to, to building up the, the trust. Um, and, and so we, we recognize that it's there. We, we're, we're fully supportive of it. And you know, consumers are, are giving permissions. And the, those who are not are, are, are you know, protecting their, their privacy and their right to do that. So th- there's going to be data there. There's going to be new data that we find, and we t- as we talked about earlier. Um, and so we're, we're going to look um, at those existing data signals. We're going to create new signals. We're going to understand their strength and the value that they drive in our decisioning. And we're going to continue to innovate. Um, so uh, I, I see AI continue to play a considerable role in data discovery, uh, as well as um, application and, and driving value. And you know, it, like I said in the beginning in the introduction, AI is part of the core priorities within the programmatic and data center. So I look forward to building a strong relationship with IBM and other members who have AI experience and. We were talking about this as, you know, data scientists are really becoming the new rock stars. And if you really want to have a long-term career in business and technology, you know, AI is something that a good base education, how you can apply it, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, which goes back to our standards conversation, are, are all really important issues that we're looking forward to exploring more in the second half of this year. So... Um, Dave, I want to thank you for the conversation today. I, th- I found it really enjoyable. I don't think I stuttered, and I will go back and watch this again and count how many times I said, um, because I really try hard not to do that. But um, thank you again. We're looking forward to um, working together for the rest of the year. And now I have to say um, a little plug for Monday's show. Uh, tune in Monday for our next episode of IAB There, when we'll welcome Melissa Grady, Chief Marketing Officer at Cadillac, to the show. We also have um, a new podcast. IAB There is available in podcast form. You can listen to our whole archive wherever you get your podcasts. It's not just on IAB There. On Tuesdays, our IAB policy, policy podcast features experts discussing the legal and regulatory developments changing the industry. That's with um, Dave Grimaldi and Alex Brooks from our 
DC office, great guys. And on Wednesday, IAB leaders discuss what's urgent in digital advertising on IAB Real. Go to iab.com forward slash podcast to get everything you need. Finally, the credits for today's show. IAB there is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show is produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ants, John Ward, and Carrie Villaweva. Um, come back because if it's 2 p.m. Eastern on a weekday, you know it's time for IAB there. I'm Joe Pilla. I really appreciate you watching today. Thank you. Have a great weekend.